of the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it, you know what I'm saying? Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I, love I didn't that. know you were a term, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Daddy Bunny. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? It must be that uh, <laughs> David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. Jeff. It's a great day, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Broadcast, coast-to-coast and boulder-to-boulder. On TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and the brand-new Cheeky Jaguar app available in the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information all available on our fantastic, fantastic app. Welcome to our broadcast. We've got a great, great guest with us today. We're going to be talking to her here in just a few moments. We've also got A.K. Patch coming along later with Patches of History. And then we will chat with Dr. Jack Caravelli as well. We'll debrief him about some of his uh, different things. He's been on a, basically a worldwide tour. So we will uh, we will talk to the good doctor here in just a few moments. But up, up first on our broadcast is uh, Deanne Pierce. Check out DeannePierce.com. She's an ex-fashion model turned romance author. And she's with us today here on the telephone. Deanne, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Now, uh, Deanne, tell us first of all about how you got into the world of modeling. Tell us all about it. Well, I um, got in by meeting a scout, actually, who thought I would work well with the agency, Thompson Model Modeling Agency, uh, years ago. And I said, why not try it? I was 19. I did it for a while and helped pay for college, and I had a good time throughout my short career. It is uh, the fantastic Deanne Pierce. She joins us today here on our broadcast. Now, uh... How do you go from being a uh, Deanne Prince with us today? DeannePrince.com is the website. Um, right. How do you go right. from being an ex-fashion model to a uh, romance author? Well, through life's uh, events, you know, life's uh, trials and errors and uh, all of the good stuff, you know, you just go into it with your feelings and with Hello? Yes, we've got you, my friend. Keep talking. DN oh. Prince, dnprince.com. Tell us all about it. Well, basically, you know, throughout my life, I, you know, lived what I thought was an interesting life with, uh, you know, disastrous moments. And people always, you know, told me, maybe you should just write a book. You should write a book. And later on, I said, you know what, why not? It was some things that had occurred that I just, you know, thought people could use and help get them through certain things in their lives. So I came up with disastrously fabulous. And what does that mean? You know, everyone's fabulous in their own right. And we all have disastrous moments that you think it's the end of the world. And you realize, you know what? You can get through it, you know, because no one died. It's really not that serious. Although it does, the pain feels like death. Have you ever felt like something really could just kill you, but you realize you're alive? It's not that bad. It will be the fantastic uh, Deanne Prince with us today, DeannePrince.com. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the different books that you've authored, my friend. Tell us all about it. Some of the different books? Yes. Tell, 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 us, tell us all about your writing. That's why you, we've got you on the show today. Tell us all about your writing. Okay. Well, more about my writing. My, what I like to write about are relationships. Uh, you know, about just different things relationships uh, go through, like cheating or, you know, time spent separately or long-distance relationships and how does one get through painful relationships 
if they have one, or even if you're in a happy one but don't know how to tell your partner that you just need some space. So I like to write about current events and current feelings that I know of my friends having, and just go from there with that. You know what I mean? We've got a uh, great guest with us today, D. Ann Prince with us today, dannprince.com. She joins us live here on our world-famous yeah. Cheeky Jaguar radio broadcast. Now, um, uh, tell us about your latest book. Disastrously Fabulous? Yes. Tell us all about it. Tell us all about it. D. Ann, can you hear me, my friend? Deanne, are you still there, Deanne? We're live. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm sorry. I'm just uh, having a little difficulty. Hey, not not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, We've got Deanne Prince. DeannePrince.com with us today here in our broadcast. Live as live can get on our world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio broadcast. Basically the book, let me tell you about the book, Disastrously Fabulous. It's a novel of loves and betrayals and new beginnings. Um, it's about, you know, what happens when you find pictures of another woman on your husband's phone and they are not of her face. So Crystal believes that she has it all figured out with four previous failed relationships. She is certain that she has found her one true love. After all, Bert is wealthy, powerful, and handsome. What more could she want? It all comes crashing down one morning when she discovers photos of another woman's lady pieces on her husband's phone. Close to a nervous breakdown, she comes through her life to find answers. Working through each of her failed relationships to examine the lesson, it taught her. So where did it all go wrong? Only Crystal has one more lesson to learn, which is how to live her own life. So the book is about joining Crystal on her journey of wealth and ambition, betrayal and hope, lost love and new beginnings. We've got a uh, fantastic guest with us today. D. Ann Prince joins us. DeAnnPrince.com is her official website. She joins us live here on our big program. And uh, uh, tell us what you want readers to take away from your writing. Well, what I'd love for readers to take away from the writing is to um, learn how to overcome hurt and pain. Not to wallow in it and realize, you know... Things do get better. It's not the end of the world. Although you feel like, you know, someone stabbed you and there's a death, you know, of the relationship and you lose trust in another person, forgiveness helps a lot. It helps you move on and get through lots of issues in life, and it will help you get through your love and loss. So I'd like them to take away that from the book and also enjoy the humor in it. Because I wrote it to be funny and comedic and um, entertaining as well. It's not your typical um, romance novel, but uh, it's definitely interesting. I've gotten some great reviews. I'm so gratified for it. And um, I'm excited. You know, this is my debut novel. I didn't, I never thought I'd ever write a book. It just happened, and I'm happy it's out there to share my artistic expression with the world. Now, uh, what do you have coming up in the new year? What other books do you have coming up, Deanne? Well, I have a follow-up book, too, Disastrously Fabulous. Um, It's going to concentrate more on the characters and actually flip into a more um, thrilling book. My first book, the debut novel, is uh, Disastrously Fabulous. It's about love and it's romance. Now I want to flip that romance into a thriller. And uh, so Deanne, well, good stuff. Deanne Prince with us today. Deanne, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on our broadcast, and uh, have yourself a wonderful, wonderful uh, new year. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Happy new year to you. Have a good okay. day. Deanne Prince with us today. We're going to take a timeout. Come back with more. <laughs>
Today's podcast is brought to you by Amazon. It's really easy to support the Jiggy Jaguar experience before you shop on Amazon. And we all know you do. Go to the website, jagshow.com. Click on the Amazon banner on the homepage. It's that easy. Remember, that's jagshow.com. Click the Amazon banner before you shop. Check out audibletrial.com slash jaguar. For you, the listeners of the Jiggy Jaguar Experience, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Personally, I recommend End of Watch by Stephen King. Check out audible.com. It is amazing. Check out A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com slash J-A-G-U-A-R. That's audibletrial.com slash J-A-G-U-A-R. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash jaguar. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash jaguar for your free audiobook. Hello, everybody. I'm Kip Marlowe, author of The Entrepreneur's Success and Sacrifice. If you're interested in starting a business, growing your current one, or just need some inspiration, this is the book for you. Learn the secrets of success from entrepreneurs like Arlene Neen, who just started her seventh company at the age of 96. Order it at ecrsuccess.com or at Amazon and learn 22 stories of ordinary people who became wildly successful. It could change your life. This is Jason Roberts with the Wealth Investors Minute. The charts are showing us a scary future if support levels don't hold in these low 1800 levels. We've seen a dramatic upswing over the last week back into the mid-1900s, but recent days have been very weak again. Resistant levels seem to be in that 1950 range on the S&P 500, followed by 1990 and 2025. It's possible if this recent test downward holds, we can't rule out a breakout above 1950. That would suggest some kind of an interim double bottom on that 18 le- or 1812 to 1810 range. Even this tactically bullish scenario would make for another lower high, and that's a little bit scary. There's a few things we have to pay attention to. If the low 1800s does not hold, the next level looks like about 1730 to me, and possibly even down to 1600. There are no reliable bottoms that we can point to in this six-year run that we've just been through that make me feel good. Buckle up, folks. It's going to be a wild ride. This is Jason Roberts with the Wealth Investors Minute. Now, the Jiggy Jaguar Show on JiggyJaguar.com. Oh, love it. I love it. It is the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. Coast to coast and boda to boda. Tune in. Artists, radio loyalty. Stitcher and that brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store. JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live. You can get that 24-7 replay. You can get that constant news and programming information all available. On our fantastic app, it started the year off <laughs> fantastically. I told you a couple shows ago about a couple of clowns who we, 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 we had some people posting on the Facebook on on, on the social media. I try not to use social. I try not to use the term Facebook because I think Facebook gets way too much promotion to begin with. So I, I, I try not to do that, but um, we, <laughs> I love it, we have had a hell of a deal the last, uh, well, actually, just this last couple hours here. We, of course, as, as everybody knows, and I'm, and I'm going to give you a little bit of behind the curtain stuff, I hate to do that. But I'm going to. Um, we have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had. A individual get a hold of us fairly recently. We 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 we've been you know posting this stuff about this, about these about these 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 people on social media about how they 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 can't seem to understand, um, trolls and and all sorts of people who you know do the things that they do and, and all these things. 
And I've been trolling people on social media today. And uh, we got a message today from... uh, from an individual by the name of Mona Lisa Chavez. I don't know who this is. But uh, Mona Lisa Chavez um, sent me a thing and says, Are you fucking kidding me? This shows me that you're true character. I have no words, especially if you have children. Well, what this, what this makes reference to is I was trolling someone the other day on the Facebook about... Uh, there was some somebody put up a thing about I just seen a child you know hang themselves and oh my god and oh, all this stuff. So I went in and I made some comment about she hung around for forty two minutes. Now of course most people are gonna look at that and be like that's vile. Well, if most people know me, they know I didn't mean a word of it, and they knew that. Eh, it's all trolling. It's all bullshit. You realize that Donald Trump got elected to this country by trolling people on social media and trolling people in the news? He's now the president. Well, Mona Lisa Chavez um, sent me this deal. She goes, I'm ashamed of myself. I even entertained you. You can't even see harmful that, that you can't even see harmful that was. Don't you mean you can't even see how harmful that was? What is it, her parents seeing that? What it is, her parents seeing that? What does that even mean? How dare you tell me I need to calm down? <laughs> and then I put in here, I said, okay, first off, I doubt the parents saw a simple social media thread. You, the same folks who get upset about celebrities dying, come on! <laughs> Now, of course, she doesn't address that. She just sends me back this message, and I love this message because it's got emojis in it, and I get to read an emoji message, and I love that. I love that, as Tom Lagos would say. Your post is getting screenshotted and sent out there, so there is a possibility that it can be seen. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. All I have for you at this point is a big... Emoji middle finger, emoji middle finger, emoji middle finger, more emoji middle fingers, more emoji middle fingers, emoji middle finger, emoji middle finger. People like you with no remorse, no soul, you make me sick. Four exclamation points. I wish nothing for you. Five exclamation points. Maybe six. It's a small phone. Um, my response to her, <laughs> classic Jiggy Jack response. Make sure you spell my name right and send traffic to JiggyJaguar.com. <laughs> and then she's like, make sure you kiss my ass, you effing loser. Oh, exclamation points. Oh, I love it. I do. I love it. I love every minute of it. Uh, the most controversial man in media, Jigman Freud. What, are you going to go after iHeartRadio again? Are you going to try to get him to throw me off there? Are you going to go try to get him to throw me off these places? We're going to take a break and come back with more. It's a minute report for America. Left-wing politicians have become a new aristocracy, a ruling class that governs the nation in a manner contemptuous of the people's constitutional rights. For the past eight years, we have seen, as President Obama promised, a fundamental transformation of America. All of those alterations have three things in common. They do not have the support of a majority of the American people. They have not solved the issues they were advertised to address and they were brought about in a manner not envisioned by the nation's founders. The religious, the conservatives, the small-town folk, indeed anyone with differing ideas, 
are disdained by the left. As they move ever more boldly to violate the law in the pursuit of their agenda, they seek to intimidate, harass, and penalize dissenting voices without fear of legal retribution. I'm Frank Fernuccio. Read more at usagovpolicy.com. Now, the Jiggy Jaguar Show on JiggyJaguar.com. Oh, welcome back to our big program. <laughs> just, I, I, I just sit back and I just wonder just what the heck exactly. People on social media really do need to go get jobs. They, they need to pay attention to the jobs that are currently at something. And uh, I just, I, 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 I don't understand the world we live in sometimes. But, you know, like I said earlier, if you're mad about me trolling you on social media, kids, and you just can't believe that, well, the President of the United States, Donald Trump, did a lot of trolling of his own. And he's now, in about 17 days, <laughs> going to be the most powerful man on the face of this planet. So... <laughs> I think I'm in good company. <laughs> and, uh, we're going to go to the telephones to someone who can make things that are un- just complex as heck understandable, and that is my good, close, personal, longtime friend, Mr. Dr. Jack Caravelli. How are you, Doctor? James, great. Happy New Year to you, and of, of course all your listeners, and you're certainly right about <laughs> people who troll, tweet, and uh, otherwise try to entertain uh uh, entertain the world. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I, I just don't even, you know. I, I've, I've been talking about this issue here for, for a good couple segments. I, uh, I decided to get on uh, Facebook today just for the hell of it, and uh, I decided to troll a few people. And when I did that, oh my God, they just couldn't believe it, and they're just all outraged. And I equate it to uh, these people who get angry and upset when the celebrities die that they never knew. They didn't know these people personally. And they get all so upset when everybody says anything nasty about these celebrities. And it's like, did you personally know them? No. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> and, Absolutely. You know, in, in our your lifetime and mine, you know, when when we were kids, you know, you were entertained by sort of these outside media influences, and now everyone can enter, try to entertain the world, you know, from their own, uh, you know, bedrooms and uh, computer rooms, and, you know, we've totally turn, turned around what constitutes entertainment. Yes, yes, that that is, that is uh, you you are completely correct on that. But uh, we've got Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today. Let let's actually get in to some news and views. We've got the good doctor here for for at least a good fifteen, maybe thirty minutes. Uh, where we want to chat with him about some of the different things that he's he's been uh, jaunting all over the planet. You've been uh, in various uh, countries doing a lot of a uh, lot of business. And um, what what is what is some of the some of the outside perspective and what people have been saying about uh, just the election and some of the different things going on, because I know that you, you talk with a lot of the movers and the shakers, and, and you talk with just a lot of the common folks as well. Uh, what's the general sentiment uh, across the globe, my man? Well, that's a great question, James. First, let me, let me truly uh, congratulate you and thank you for what you did throughout the whole election cycle. I mean, you you brought a lot of guests with a lot of different perspectives, uh, you know, to the whole electoral process that's so important for us. Yes. I'll, I'll answer your question in a second. And, you know, you, you did it consistently. You did it well. And, you know, I hope the listeners appreciate just, you know, th- this is real journalism. And, you know, you, you watch some of the other stuff that you were talking about, and you you know that that's not always the case. Yes. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's... <laughs> Yes, well, well, thank you, Doctor. I, I appreciate that. It's a chilly offer. It's a 2016 thanks. We'll carry on. <laughs> uh, let, let, let me take a ballpark swing at your question. Yes. Uh, in, in December, uh, I, I was in uh, Saudi Arabia. I was in Switzerland, and I was in England. And I was in London. Uh, yes. And, you know, James, everywhere I went, 
you know, the questions are always the same. You know, obviously, you know, everyone's trying to figure out, you know, what Donald Trump is going to do and what he's about. Uh, you know, his, his 3 a.m. tweets really, it, it's interesting. They, they, they really make global headlines. It, it's, the, it's the most interesting thing to watch. You know, people asking me about stuff that, you know, when I was traveling that I haven't even heard about. But it's quite apparent that, you know, people are, are watching closely. The, the, the second part related to that is, again, everyone, whether it's in the Middle East, in, on the European continent where I was, or, you know, on, uh, on the island in the UK, asking the same question. And that question is, you know, where is American leadership? Um, whether, whether one likes Donald Trump or not, I think there is a really a broad <clears throat> uh, perception that under Barack Obama, you know, America, at least overseas, you know, lost its way. Uh, and, and it's not just, you know, uh, you know, a president who didn't want to engage. I mean, it's, it, it's the loss of respect. It's the loss of leadership that really makes us safer at home. Um, it, it's the loss of uh, friendship with allies. Uh, it's, uh, it's adversaries that, you know, think they can put a stick in our eye. So, you know, I, I think one of the, uh, you know, really important things and reasons for Donald Trump's election simply was that, you know, people wanted, you know, the American voters wanted something different. But I, I will tell you that, uh, you know, if the people in the Middle East and in Europe and, and in London that I talked to, you know, if they had a vote, I, I will tell you that, you know, Trump is as unsure as they are of him and what he'll do, I think there was a sense, just in, as in America, of, you know, let's, let's just do something different, because what you guys did over the past eight years really didn't work for us. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today here on our big broadcast, 27 minutes after the hour, and uh, thanks for joining us today here on our big program. And, uh, and Doctor, there, there's, there's been a heck of a lot... Uh, going on in regards to the run-up here to the uh, to the I guess um, handing off of power from uh, from from one group to another. Um, what do you make of all this? The Russians did it. The Russians did it. Stuff. Um, the Russians have been doing nasty things, and we've been doing nasty things to the Russians since like the seventies. Uh, <laughs> what, what 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 is different now? Probably the date on the calendar. <laughs> uh, the uh, no, I, I I agree. You know, I've written about this in my you know latest book. Uh, you know, I talk about the Russians in the Middle East and the like. But but your you know your point's a good one. I mean, look, number one, I, I am you know if, if indeed the Russians did try to muck around in the U.S. election, you know, I, I'd be obviously very unhappy about that. Yes, and, and think we should do something, but. Having said that, I mean, let's not be complete hypocrites. Uh, you know, I can think back uh, since almost the earliest days after World War II, James, where, you know, the U.S. and Italy, uh, in Iran, uh, you know, was, let's say, the intelligence services were heavily involved uh, in trying to, uh, shall we say, shape the, you know, the direction of those national elections. So, you know, the, the U.S. has engaged in this itself for decades, uh, but the Russians, as you say, quite accurately, the Russians also for decades uh, in Eastern Europe, uh, in the Baltics, uh, we've got elections coming up in this year in France and Germany, obviously major countries. Uh, I would bet that now that, you know, they, they've shown that they can probably, uh, again, muck around in the process. But we're, we're going to see more of this. Uh, it's a form, of, if you will, of warfare. But again, uh, it's it's different. But in some ways, it really is. Uh, you know what what's been done by by both sides for, for quite some time. It's just being done a little bit differently today. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, coast to coast and border to border on TuneIn. 
iTunes, Radio Loyalty, and of course iHeartRadio today, as well as our good friends at Red Nation Radio and uh, Red Nation Rising Radio as well. And um, Doctor, tell tell me about this uh, this situation that seems to be never ending. <laughs> With the fact that uh, people just can't accept this election. My God, <laughs> just. I don't understand. I see these headlines, like the Drudge Report has a, has a deal up about man forced to say F Trump and F white people. There's there, there's all sorts of weird things going on. Um, what what happened to this? We need to accept the election results and move forward. Well, I think we've lost that mantra. <laughs> uh, we really have. Um, I, I agree. You know, James, I mean, as you and I have spoken so often, the... This entire election cycle has been so bizarre that, you know, whoever writes books on this will probably make millions of dollars. <laughs> the, uh, I, you know, I should think about that, really. <laughs> you know, well, see. The, uh, uh, but, but, but I think you're absolutely right. Look, the, you know, we, we have a long tradition, as, as your question implies, where, you know, even after bitter elections, whether it's Kennedy and Nixon, whether it's, you know, George Bush and Al Gore, that when the decision and the, uh, the outcome is clear, that, you know, the American people, all of them, you know, kind of say, okay, you know, we did or didn't like what happened, but we are still Americans, we're still a democracy, we have to come together and move the country forward. The best way to do that is to support, at least, you know, in the short term, Whoever won the election, Democrat or Republican. And yes. we have absolutely, in this age of 24-7 media barrage of tweets and Facebook and, you know, everybody wants to be a media star for, for 30 seconds, we've lost all perspective of what, you know, a democracy and at least our traditions really require. What you don't have is... You know, are, are enough people like you in the media that stand up and say, okay, guys, like it or not, let's get on with it. We've got a lot of problems to solve. If the Republicans can't do it, either in the White House or Congress, we vote them out. But we voted them in right now. Let's give it a chance. Let's debate it. Let's find a path forward. But, you know, uh, whether it's the Hollywood elites or... Or, or the liberal Democrats, the progressives, you know, they, they are just, you know, they're uh, they're sucking fumes trying to figure <laughs> out how to, how to undermine Trump. Well, you know, let, let me offer one piece of unsolicited advice. Let, let him take office for at least 24 hours before you try to undermine them. <laughs> well, see, that's 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 my attitude on this. At, at least give the at least give the guy a little bit of a chance. You know, give give him a reason. And and see, th- this this is the thing that I don't think people quite understand. And and this is on the people that that like the guy and the people that don't like the guy. Give him a reason to hate you. Or give him, you know, give, 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 give him a reason for, for you to be mad at him, or give him a reason for you to be happy with him. Oh, exactly. Uh, it's, look, you know, it is, I remember that you and I talked in December about the difference between campaigns and governing. And, you know, you know we still need to see when he gets all of his people in office, when he actually has responsibility for whether it's health care or Iran, uh, you know, what, what he's going to do. And it always looks different when you're inside the game rather than taking pot shots at it from the outside. <laughs> you know, so I agree. I totally agree. At, at least 24 hours, maybe even, you know, heaven forbid, 36 hours. <laughs> you, know, you know, before we jump on the guy. We've got uh, Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast and uh, coast-to-coast and border-to-border on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, iTunes, and Radio Loyalty. And he's with us today here on our big program discussing some of the different issues of the day and also some of the uh, some of the things going on. Um, Dr. Jack, what did you make of when when Trump got in there and he started doing things? <laughs> 
<laughs> he wasn't even elected. He wasn't even, you know, sworn in yet. He 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 started reaching out to different folks. He started uh, getting jobs to come back. He started doing the getting the economy going. And uh, what 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 did you make of that? Because it's like he he was doing all this, and Obama just kind of disappeared. Yeah, well, he did. I mean, it's you know, I think you know, in your question, it's it's true, James. It, it's really. I don't know if I want to say it's unprecedented, but it's highly unusual, you know, for any sort of incoming president yep. to be acting like the president before he takes the oath of office. Um, you know, it gets, you know, it gets really interesting. You know, one of the interesting things about Trump has been, you know, if you look back on his career in business, he has never been accountable to a boss, to a board of directors. Uh, you know, in any real way. So now, you know, he gets elected, and he thinks, well, you know, I'll just kind of, you know, just I've, I've been elected, so I can just start, you know, a- acting, uh, acting as president before I become president. But it's going to be really interesting for him to deal with, you know, the, the, the ups and downs of the presidency, you know, the good and the bad that inevitably come when you're in office, you know, once he really is. So, I mean, you know, his... His psyche, uh, as well as his intelligence and just ability to govern, is really going to be tested, you know, the, 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 from the day he takes the oath of office. Because, you know, he now has, he's, he now has 320 million bosses <laughs> the American public, really. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. And, um... Uh, Doctor, one of the things that uh, I've been trying to explain to various folks, and they just can't seem to, I guess, understand this, uh, <laughs> is the fact that uh, we we have this, this situation where, where Trump is out there, he's doing various things, he's trying to get various companies to come back to the United States and, and build things, and a lot of folks are like, well, he's, he's cutting their taxes, oh my God, he's cutting their taxes. And the thing that I've I've said to various folks is well one uh, they weren't paying taxes to begin with <laughs> so it's like uh, them not paying taxes now uh, how's that any different two in order for them for instance like a car company okay a car company comes back to the United States and they decide they're going to rebuild in the exact same spot that they were to begin with okay technology has passed that brick-and-mortar operation by. They're going to have to upgrade the facilities. They're going to have to pay people. They're going to have to do these things. And granted, yeah, I think they should pay their fair share. But at the same time, you got to give them a reason to come back. What do you make of all this? Well, it's, you know, it, it's a question that touches on a lot of different nerves. I mean, obviously, one of these, you know, one of the sort of the third rail is, is jobs, of course. You know, that's important. But, but you've, you've touched on, James, I think something, you know, maybe that's even broader. The, you know, what you've asked really is, you know, how do you manage, you know, the U.S. economy in a world that really is changing? I mean, whether, whether we like that it's becoming much more globalized and competitive or not. Yes. Uh, you know, that, that is the reality. When, you know, when America emerged... In world, right after World War II, our economy literally was almost half of, of the world's total GDP. Yes. We just had an incredible amount of financial muscle, and we flexed it in you know, m- many good ways. But the fact of the matter is, although we're still the world's largest economy, you know, we're a much smaller percentage of the world's economy, and a lot of that is because... You know, we have not kept, kept pace with, you know, with um, uh, moving to more high-tech jobs, you know, with training our, our young people, uh, with looking to the future, with learning the lessons of how other countries, you know, have become competitive. Uh, you know, I, I love the unions, but, you know, union membership, you know, clearly drives up the cost of business. Uh, you know, what we've got to find, and... You know, maybe Trump will help on this, and I certainly hope he does. Hope he does is you know a balance between you know the rights of the workers, the importance of business having the opportunities to grow their business, you know, in a way that's 
that's competitive, you know, with the rest of the world, uh, but also, you know, fair to workers. And that's, look, that's a balance we haven't failed. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that Trump seems to have saved some, some jobs from going out of the country. I think that's, you know, that's terrific. But, you know, there's an underlying reality that, you know, if we don't face up to it as both government and business, you know, we're going to, in the long term, you know, finally we fall even further behind. We've still got great cards to play. we got great people uh, that, that, that know how to work hard. But we need a real partnership between government and business that says we're going to take care of people, but we're going to do it in a way that gets us competitive in a world that would love to trample all over us. Yes. <laughs> you hit that on the head, my friend. Uh, it It is uh, Dr. Jack Caravelli. He's with us today here in our broadcast. Coast to coast to border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and, of course, the brand-new Cheeky Jaguar app available in the App Store. JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information all available on our fantastic, fantastic app. And, um, uh, Doctor, as as we go here, give us an update on how the book's doing and everything. Uh, James, thanks. Uh, uh, the publisher told me the book has done very well in November and December, maybe with some stocking stuffers. Uh, the uh, You know, the title is The Age of Hatred. It's on uh, Amazon, of course, under my name. Uh, and, you know, I was so, in fact, I was invited. The reason I was in Saudi Arabia and London uh, was to talk to the book. You know, there's a lot of interest. Uh, it focuses on uh, our friends in the Middle East, uh, as well as our adversaries. It talks about uh, the terrorism problem. We we saw, again, its ugly face in Berlin, the attack on the Christmas market. So, you know, for better or worse, James, the book uh, continues to be relevant, uh, continues to be read, uh, uh, you know, in other parts of the globe. And that's, you know, it's satisfying, and it tells me that I, that I think I'm on a topic that people care about, and I hope that, you know, some of your listeners will give it a chance. We've got uh, Dr. Jack, and Dr. Jack, I appreciate you making time for us today, and uh, hopefully we chat with you next week, my friend. James, great, great to be with you, and again, uh, congratulations on a, on a year of a great program, and best to you and your listeners. Well, thank you, Dad. Th- thank you, my man. Dr. Jack with us today. Have yourself a wonderful day, Dr. Jack. Dr. Jack with us today, and uh, did I call him my dad? <laughs> I think I did. AK Patch on the way here on our big program. This is Chris Markowski, your watchdog on Wall Street, and this is your watchdog on Wall Street Money Minute. The hedge fund industry, well, they have their 2 2.5% fee and then 20% of everything they make. That entire structure may be gone soon. Uh, they have been underperforming for an extended period of time. And I, I'm talking extended period of time. I'm talking a very long period of time. And uh, people are rushing for the doors. They want out of these assets. This current structure, 2% assets and uh, 20% of the return, uh, it's been around when these guys, well, they when they're doing real, real well, but they're not. They're not hedging anymore. They're basically picking a, a direction and, and just sticking with that. The whole idea of a hedge is to protect one's downside, hence the word hedge. They don't really do that anymore. And again, I can't tell you, countless pensions, whatnot, have their money within these hedge funds that uh, continue to underperform year in, year out. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. 24 7, 365, and available worldwide on the internet. This is the number one talk show online, the world famous Jiggy Jaguar Show. Well, as we continue on our big program, coast to coast and border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, Real Loyalty, Stitcher, and of course the brand new. 
Chicky Chegwire app available in the App Store. Alan K. Patch with us today, retired Navy captain, historian, and author. He's got the great books, Passage at Delphi. Delphi's chosen. Check out akpatchauthor.com. Alan K. Patch joins us from San Diego, California today. New Year's resolutions. Happy 2017. And it's Patches of History. Every year we look back on the past and resolve for the future. Acknowledging our history, personal, cultural, enables us to make history in front of us. And to that end, many of us make New Year's resolutions. But since we are often abandoned these commitments, uh, why do we bother? Here to welcome the new year, give us a glimpse into the past, is historian Alan K. Patch with this week's segment of Patches of History. And welcome to the broadcast, my good friend, Mr. Alan K. Patch. How are you, sir? Cheers to you, and thanks for having me having me back on Patches of History. Yes, I am. Uh, I am very much looking forward to this segment today. We're talking with uh, Alan K. Patch, and of course, uh, what's the history of these New Year commitments, my friend? Tell us all about it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you about that. The first thing I want to say is, you know, we love to talk. We like to even talk to ourselves, but you know, talking about something and actually doing it. Well, that's where they came up with that old saying: "Talk is cheap." You know, it's fortunate, you know, but we have our goals, and um, but there's also a tenuous path to achieving them. And uh, but we, you know, we can't we can't even um, have any success at all if we don't just set the goal and and get it going. So so the history of New Year commitments. I mean, this is interesting. The Babylonians three thousand years ago made promises to the gods to you know and vowed to pay off their debts. The Romans made prayers to Janus, the god Janus, this time of year, and that's how we get the, the name for January. And medieval knights, they, you know, affirmed their commitment to chivalry this time of year. Uh, Judaism, you know, they, they reflect on their wrongdoings and seek forgiveness. So, so throughout history, this custom of, of making a promise that the New Year is pretty well established, but, you know, not everybody has the same New Year. Even the Chinese New Year doesn't start till January 28th, and, you know, they clean the house, pay off debts drive out the bad luck in with the good luck. You might remember, you know, the Chinese New Year is called Tet, T-E-T. You might remember the Tet Offensive from 1968 and the Vietnam War and how that kind of changed uh, the direction of the war. Uh, also get the Persian New Year, which is in January 1st. That starts around springtime. So, so making promises on New Year's is well established for a long period of time, Jiggy. We've got Alan K. Patches today, Patches of History, each and every week on our broadcast. Passage at Delphi and Delphi's Chosen are available. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and, of course, akpatchauthor.com. What about the history of the American New Year's promises? Well, we got a bit of not such great news and maybe a little good news at the end, Jiggy. Here it is. Like, in the 1930s, 25% of the people made promises, but by by, by the year 2000, 40% of the people who made them didn't keep them. And it, and it, gets, it goes downhill from there. By 2007, 88% failed. By 2015, 92% of us failed to keep the uh, New Year's resolution. And then by age group, if you're in your 20s, you're much more likely to keep it, almost 40%. But if you get over 50, forget it, you're toast. You know, they say stick a fork and then you're done. You know, maybe it's because we forget, or maybe by now, by this age, you know, you kind of figure out how it's going to turn out anyway, so you don't bother and you don't keep it. But uh, the good news is, is that for people that explicitly define the promise, they're about ten times more likely to succeed. So there is, there is hope for us. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. Why do most personal resolutions fail, AK? Well, it could be that maybe we're making unrealistic goals. Maybe we shoot too high. And, and also, maybe we make the goal for the wrong reason. Um, and, you know, someone says, oh, they want, they want to lose weight. Well, why do they want to lose weight? Some people may want to lose weight because they want to you know, help out their relationship, but not necessarily because they want to feel better. Maybe we don't keep track of, uh, of the um, resolution to begin with. So how do we know that we're keeping up with it? And uh, maybe here's the best one. Maybe we forget we made the resolution after a few weeks. You see that a lot at the gym. I mean, people go there for a few 
few weeks, get the get, get a two-month period, see less, uh, and after that, there's uh, probably at the six-month mark, probably goes quite a bit downhill there, too. So, uh, you know, but, but think about this, too. Um, we, we don't appear to keep our commitments uh, for the New Year's resolutions. We make them, don't keep them. I wonder maybe if we need a uh, psychologist to come in and talk to us about this. Does this, is, is this that we also don't commit, honor our commitments across the board? Is this a societal change too, since, uh, since uh, we, we've seen these statistics, how, how less and less promises are kept? Interesting question. It is the fabulous, fabulous A.K. Patch. He's with us today. How do we better remember our promises, A.K.? Well, uh, this is another thing that uh, we're going to have to... Um, it, th- there's, there's some things that we can do. Um, first of all, you have to have the right goal. You've got to be specific. And it's probably better to start small. Maybe, maybe don't uh, uh, make such a grandiose uh, commitment. And then p- possibly plan for setbacks along the way and, and to get back on track. So, so but, but one, of the, one thing seems to work for a lot of people, um, and this, this is in business and in other phase life too, is just write it down. Now, we all remember the movie The Bucket List. What did they do? They had that list. It was written down, and as they got through them, they checked them off. And that's probably a good plan for a lot of people. When we write things down, we tend to be more committed to them. And then if you want to have more help, you know, you could always post it on your computer or or put the uh, resolution on your refrigerator, maybe on the bathroom mirror. You know, there's there's a lot of ways that you can can uh, remind yourself that you've made this commitment. And certainly it doesn't have to be a commitment just in New Year's. You could also, um, this is a commitment that's really supposed to be year-round. We've got A.K. Patch with us today, joins us live. Alan's Patches of History. Bring us insights into the past and the present. His novels bring us adventurous escape into the past and the present. Alan Patch's fast-paced novels bring history to life in the Delphi series, where ordinary people are thrust into extraordinary situations. Passage of Delphi and Delphi's Chosen are available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at akpatchauthor.com. And, uh, AK, I appreciate you making time for us today, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, my friend. All right, thanks so much, Shiggy. We'll see you next week on Passages. Definitely. Thank you, my friend. Patches of History with us today. And that is that. We are going to take a uh, brief timeout. Actually, we're going to just say goodbye. I didn't realize. I was looking at the clock. The Jiggy Jaguar Show on Jiggy